I'm Josh DeLioncourt, and this is Something to Say. So we're talking to Shelley Brisbane, author, podcaster, creative extraordinaire. You do you have a lot of hats you wear. Yeah, it's really hard to get all those hats on the head at the same time. <laughs> so we're going to talk uh, a bit about your writing. So uh, let's just start out with with a little history. Tell us uh, when you started writing, how you started writing, and. Uh, where that has taken you over the years. So I feel like I've always written one way or another. I mean, even as far back as this really didn't tr really truly happened. And in second grade, a teacher looked at me and said, you know, you're a good writer. And I don't know if that's something a seven-year-old is used to hearing or would even remember unless it was something that was meaningful to that person. And so to me it was. And so I always had this conception of myself as a writer from that point, And I liked it. Like if she had said, you're a really good trombone player and I didn't want to play trombone I probably wouldn't have cared but so that's kind of where the desire to do it started and I uh, when I went to college I was a finance major for about a year and a half because I thought oh well I'm, I'm good with numbers I understand money and then I realized that it was crushing my soul and so I switched to journalism because hey writer and I instantly like it was like this giant weight had been removed from my person. And I felt like, you know, whatever happens, I was less concerned about getting a job out of college with a journalism degree than I was just feeling like my my soul and my peace of mind would remain intact if as long as I could call myself a, a writer. And that ultimately led to my writing about technology because a couple of years after I got out of college, I bought myself my first computer, which was, well, my mom bought it for me, actually. It was a, it was a Mac. And I really had this compulsion to teach myself how to use it. And I just like locked myself in a room and, and taught myself everything about it. And then the way I used that information, in addition to teaching a few other people about it, was I needed to, I wrote about it. Like it, it just seemed logical. Well, you know all this stuff now. Why don't you write it down? And so that's kind of how I turned, figured out what I was going to write about. I mean, I've had bouts of interest in writing uh, fiction and, and more creatively, but just as far as, okay, I'm a writer and that's something I can make into a career and feel good about myself. That's kind of where that path started. And since then you have written, uh, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. You've written quite a few books <laughs> over the years on technology. Yeah, I um, actually, that was like the second part of my career because the first thing I did was write for technology trade magazines like uh, and I, I specialized in the Mac because I had done all this Mac stuff, but I had, had also wrote for other computing related magazines. I did that for a while. And then when I had I'd been in California for several years and then when I moved back to Texas because I really missed home, I wanted to continue writing. And I had always had this desire to write a book. So, like, I'm a writer. I'm doing this. I can say I've written articles. I was an editor. I had made my living with words. But the next thing that had always been in my mind, and this was even when I was in high school and thinking about writing as a creative pursuit, I'd always wanted to write a book, whether it was a novel or whether it was a nonfiction book. I didn't know. All I knew was I want to write a book by a certain point in my life. 
And when I left Mac User Magazine in order to come back home to where I wanted to be just as a human, I said, all right, well, now seems like as good a time as any to figure out whether I can write books and what those books would be. And I had a friend who knew somebody who was an agent for people who were writing technology books. And it was one of those things where I didn't say, I'm going to go write a book now. It's like, I'm going to talk to this person and see if she even thinks there's a market for whatever books I might be able to write. And I remember spending a long time talking with her about, well, what what should I write? I don't know. I didn't have an idea. I just knew I kind of wanted to write a book. And she said, well, can you write about this? How about that? How about the other thing? And finally, we threw enough stuff at the wall and, and a publisher bid on it. And I mean, and I, I, I hadn't thought about that in a really long time, but that seems kind of important to say, you know, when I wrote my first book, it wasn't because that particular topic was something that motivated me or excited me individually. It was that I was I was determined to write a book and I felt like I needed a book length project to feel like I was, you know, making my next progression as a writer. And that's kind of where that all started. So now talking about the process uh, of that, one thing I've read, I've read your uh, most recent book, The iOS Access for All, and there will be a link in the show notes. Uh, one thing I've noticed that you do really well that uh, a lot of other tech writers, at least from, from the books that I've read over the years, either don't do at all or uh, don't do well in some cases is uh, you you make your books feel very very human in a way. It's not like reading a manual. There's a lot of personality to your writing, which is the, what I really like about uh, iOS Access for All. What is that like? And, uh, and is that something that you're conscious of, that you're trying to do? Or is that just something that comes naturally to you? What is that part of the process like? Well, I appreciate you saying that because it's, I think it's now something that I try to do. It's not something I did in the beginning because when I wrote my first books for publishers and as part of books series, like the Quick Start Guides, Visual Quick Start Guides that Peach Pit Press did, or the Mac Answers book that McGraw-Hill did, all those things I wrote for publishers were to a more or less extent uh, formatted and templated in terms of this is this is the kind of tips we do. We do this kind of Q&A. We do this many screenshots. The, the chapters should look like this. So there was this sort of imposed structure that I sometimes appreciated it, especially in the early days, because it guided me to do things I didn't know how to do yet. And then after a while, I chafed at it because I was like, well, that's not necessarily the best fit for the material. And so that was, you know, most of my books, like 12 of them or something, were done with publishers. But then when I got to the point of doing iOS Access for All, first of all, it was this first self-published book I did. So I knew that whatever rules were going to exist about it were going to be my own. And so there were things that were important to me structurally to help me keep the content where I wanted it to be. But I also knew that I had spent a lot of time before I started writing that book getting to know the people that were going to be buying it because since I was having to publish it myself, I kind of had to find the community. Who, who wants this book? And once I did, it was sort of easier for me to do that thing that they tell public speakers to do, to, to act as if you're speaking to one person as opposed to an audience. And I, especially because I was writing about accessibility topics, and I knew that there's such a variety of ways that people with accessibility needs learn that some people 
focus in a sort of a handholdy kind of you know touchy feely way. Other people are more detached, and it's like they're writing writing uh, you know tax document tax documentation or something like that, where it's just there's no personality at all. And I said, well, what what I can bring to this process is is number one, like the the structure and the formatting and the rules and the understanding how to explain technical topics that I knew from you know that was kind of handled. It wasn't a problem for me. I knew how to do it. And then I said, well, what can I add to this that makes my content more interesting? Well, I can add a little bit of personality to it, both to make the book more interesting and to make the content more approachable because I knew that there were learners at different stages. There were people who were just beginning. uh, And I could imagine somebody who had just been given an iPhone and maybe they were blind or maybe they had a hearing impairment and they were being told, this thing is accessible. Go ahead, use it. And I, I knew people who I was certain we're going to have trouble with that because they were technophobes in some way or they were not used to, you know, doing what I always did, which was just like take a gadget, tear it down and figure out how it works and put it back together. That's not the way everybody works. That's not the way their brains work. And so I knew that there were people like that. I knew that there were people like me who were excited by technology and who really did want to do that sort of how does this work. And in trying to figure out how to address an audience that broad – I figured the only thing I can do is is be a, be my be be, my, be myself and put a personality into it because a lot of what I'm going to do to promote this book is go on podcasts and talk to people in person and say I'm offering you a comprehensive guide to how to use your iPhone and iPad and I want you to trust me because I need you to trust me because you're going to buy the book directly from me. <laughs> I'm sort of accountable for it in that way. And so I guess the short answer, God, do I ever give short answers? No, apparently not. Uh, the, the short answer is that I, I felt like I had a more substantial connection with the audience than I ever had when I was writing a book before. And especially as the editions continued, I, I had met a lot of people who had read it. And the comments that people made about the book, both good, bad, and indifferent, I took much more personally and much more to heart than I had in previous books just because it was, you know, a closer connection. And so I guess that's where the personality comes from. And then I guess the last thing I would say is fundamentally I believe in humor and I believe in, like, keeping things, like, lighthearted even if you're in a situation where you're learning a new technology and maybe that's a trepidation for you or maybe you're just super enjoying it and you're having a good time. And I feel like to the extent that I can make you comfortable and laugh at yourself and maybe me a little bit. I mean, it's not a laugh riot. It's not yuck yucks in the book. But I do try to be like a little whimsical and a little, you know, I'm always trying to say, it's going to be fine. You're going to be great. You're going to have a, when you're done with this book, you're, you and your iPhone are going to be better friends than you are now. And as long as I kept that up, I felt like the book had you know, something to offer people and something that hopefully was unique because there's some real boring documentation out there and I don't need to replicate that. That's awesome. Okay. So you, now I have to ask on this cause you, you brought it up briefly in your, uh, your monologue <laughs> there. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, no, that was awesome. That was, it was all awesome. Uh, so uh, you started out traditionally published and iOS access for all is self published. So there's lots of pros and cons of both sides of that. Do you prefer one or the other? What, what do you think about the, the trade-offs for, for each one of those? Well, the problem is that now self publishing is much more a necessity. I think, you know, when I published my first or second or third book, self publishing wasn't really 
an option, and now it's almost the only option. Because when I started iOS Access for All, I did approach a couple publishers, and they're like, yeah, accessibility, no, that's not going to give us enough money to make that worthwhile. And so I kind of didn't have a choice. The, other, the only choice would have been not to do it. So the pros of it are, obviously, you have control over everything, including the content, including how you produce it, how long it takes you to produce it. You don't have those templated structures that all the, the Mac OS, the, uh, the uh, uh, such and such for dummies books or the uh, visual quick start guides or any of those books, if you ever go into a bookstore and see technology books, they're, most of them are in a series. And those publishers are very specific and precise with those series. And as I said before, as somebody who's learning to write a book, that's kind of a great framework to lean against. But once you kind of know how to do it, you're like, okay, I can take from here. I'm good. The cons of self-publishing are basically money and time because you, your money, the money that you make is dependent on how well you get the word out there and obviously that you have a product that people want. And then time in promoting it is, you know, you're spending a lot more time than it takes just to write it. And sometimes you're spending a lot more time to write it because you have to hire your own copy editor. You have to hire somebody to do artwork if you're going to do that. You have to figure out, well, am I how am I going to promote it? And I went to trade shows. I went to conferences. And I said, Here, here's a book. Would you like one? Uh, and all of that stuff I had to figure out myself. And I still think there are things I could probably do, do better if I had more experience and if I was a better self-promoter. And then as the book, as, I, as I've done five editions of the book, and so with tech books, like every time you do a new edition, you're super excited because you're done and you want more people to buy it. But when you go to promote the book, then people who've had you on their podcast before or who've written a review of your book before are like, yeah, well, I covered that last year. How much is different? And so your promotional task becomes really hard. Whereas if you're part of a, a publishing entity, they're promoting X number of books every year and yours is one of them. Book publishers were never good promoters of technology books, but at least you were in a catalog and at least you had distribution. And I, my joke always was my aunts and uncles in Temple, Texas could go into the Barnes and Nobles and see a copy of my book, and that was pretty exciting. But more than being exciting, it meant that if they wanted to buy one, it was easily, easily accessible to them. So, All right. And uh, one more question for you. Over the years, have you had either either, uh, you know, growing up in college or later on at any point, did you have any writers that uh, you particularly admired or inspired you or influenced your work or anything along those lines? That's hard because the writers that I, I mean, I, the stuff I read is nothing like the stuff I write. I always say I don't know if that I read my own books because unless I wanted to learn something really specific. I mean, there are a few people I thought, people like David Pogue, I think, in the tech, tech book world uh, did really good work. And, and I, I feel like something David always did, like I try to do, is be a little disarming and a little bit sort of, it's okay, you'll be fine about some of the content that he would put out there. And he, he wrote about, he wrote and writes about a variety of things, but he understands that his audience includes people that are very sophisticated and not very sophisticated and somewhere in the middle as well. And, and he, again, within that sort of templated format was always able to, uh, give his books some, some personality. Um, so I, I guess he's who I'd call out in the technical world. The other thing I would say is that I always admired, uh, Peach Pit Press as a publisher because there are all kinds of tech publishers with all kinds of templates and formats in their book. But Peach Pit, even though they had 
had and have, uh, and I, I happen to know a lot of people who, who work there now. I didn't so much when I was writing for them. Uh, but they've always had this sort of symbiotic relationship with the Macintosh community and with the way people who choose Macintoshes like to learn. And I felt like their books reflected that. And I think their choice of book topics reflected it and just their personality as a company did. And so much more so than some of the other publishers I worked with, I always felt really good about being a part of the Peach Pit family. All right. Well, thank you for coming on to talk about your writing. My pleasure. It was fun. (laughs) 